Hey, 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 friends. Welcome back. Welcome back to this episode of what I'm going to talk about, which is going to be the Southern Switch, right? I'm going to talk about this so-called Southern Switch, where it switched from Republicans to Democrats who were uh, for the African-American community, okay? And this is an interesting one because a lot of people say, oh, well, the Democrats are for the African-American community and they're the only ones helping and the Republicans are for slavery and the Republicans love slavery. But we're going to talk about it. I'm going to read from an article that that was written, so I did not write the article. Uh, it is just uh, one that was written. So let's go ahead and talk about it, right? Let's start by reading it. One of the favorite, one of the favorite refrains of the Democratic Party attempting to escape its own history of racism and slavery and segregation is that in the 1960s the Republican Party hijacked racism and the Democratic Party abandoned it. Right? Is this true? Right. Is it true? Now, I don't believe it's true. Right. I, I think this is something that the Democratic Party used in order to keep and get that African-American vote because they realized that they were a crappy party and they just weren't going to get a vote from anybody else. Why? Because they're crappy. The Democratic Party is absolutely crappy. They don't do anything for humans, and they definitely don't do anything for the African-American community. But this is not true, right? This is not true at all. And I'm going to discuss or read from this article and tell you why. Setting the Civil Rights Act in 1964 as the turning point, Democrats point out that the formerly solid Democratic South moved gradually into the Republican camp. While the Republican North turned more Democratic over time, this, they say, was clearly the result of racism coming to the fore in the GOP, right? Coming to the to the forefront of the GOP, right? Uh, there's not much evidence to support this uh, contention, according to professors. Professors Richard Richard Johnson of the University of Pennsylvania and Byron Schaefer of the University of Wisconsin. That's interesting. I live in Wisconsin. That's uh, interesting. University of Wisconsin. The shift in the South from Democrat to Republican was overwhelmingly a question not of race, but of economic growth. The movement toward republicanism <laughs> in the South began in the 1950s as the South industrialized working class whites and blacks remained Democrat until the 1990s. The New York Times reported in the 50s that among Southerners in the low income Tercile, Turkile, uh, that's the lowest 10%. 43% voted for Republican presidential candidates, while in the highest income Turkile or Tercile, uh, 53% voted Republican. By the 1980s, those figures were 51% and 77% respectively. Okay, Wealthy Southerners shifted rightward in droves. Poor ones did not. Sean Trend of Real Clear Politics agrees, right? He says that the GOP gradually increased its support in the South from 1928 to 2010. As Dan McLaughlin of National Review summarizes, as late as, late as 2010, there were still states like Alabama and North Carolina that were voting in their first Republican legislative majorities since Reconstruction. Okay, something that would have happened overnight in the late 60s if the partisan realignment had been driven by lockstep white voting loyalties on racial lines. It was Southern Democrats fighting against the civil rights movement for the most part. 
Okay. And we all listen, we all know that the Democrats didn't want to end slavery. This is something we all know. And this is something that that I think we can all agree on, right? That the Democratic Party was not for ending slavery, slavery. Okay. The Democratic Party wanted to continue slavery. And that's and, and essentially they have continued slavery till this day by keeping African Americans in a certain part of cities, by not helping them, by taking money away from them, by not helping their communities, and so on and so forth. And we've seen this. We see it in Chicago, we see it in New York, we see it in California, we see it in these really blue states and really blue cities. Okay, let's continue. In 1948 and 1968, insurgent Democrats launched anti-civil rights presidential campaigns. Civil rights bills required more Republican than Democrat support by percentage. In 1865, the 13th Amendment was passed, 119 to 56. Every single Republican voted to pass the bill. Only 14 Democrats voted in favor. About 100 years later, 81% of Republicans voted for the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Only 66% of Democrats voted in the favor. So let's, let's picture this. Right. Let's picture this. 1865, the 13th Amendment, right, which abolished slavery, right? From right, 119 Republicans, 119 Republicans, every single Republican voted to pass that bill. Every single Republican voted to pass that bill. Only, right, only 14 Democrats. Only 14 Democrats voted in favor? Are you kidding me? Well, but I thought Democrats were for it, right? I thought there was a switch. And then how interesting, right? A hundred years later, 81% of Republicans voted for the Civil Rights Act. Okay, 81%, surprisingly a high percent, right? At 1964, only 66% of Democrats voted in favor. Only 66%. It just goes to, to tell you something, that this is a, it's a fugazi when they talk about uh, that there was a switch. But let's continue. Historically, of course, the Republican Party was the party of Lincoln, and the Democratic Party was the party of slavery. The Democrat, the Democratic Party was rooted in the agricultural South, and it was the Republican Party that was far more uh, cosmopolitan and radically tolerant. It was the Democratic Party that pushed segregation. It was the Democratic Party that pushed Jim Crow, the KKK, right? They pushed Jim Crow. The KKK was basically the armed wing, okay, of the Democratic Party in the South for decades. And we know this. We know that the Democratic Party pushed Jim Crow. We know that the Democratic Party uh, uh, pushed the KKK, basically started the KKK. We know this, right? And we can just look at Joe Biden. Right. We can look at Joe Biden and we can say, oh, absolutely. Of course he did. You know, this makes complete sense. Right. Because if you think about it, Joe Biden was the one who co-wrote, sponsored and got past the 1994 crime bill. Right. Which incarcerated tons and tons of African-American fathers, which basically destroyed the nuclear family for the African-American family, which in turn uh, caused what we see today. Right. So let's continue. Let's continue. Okay, looking at the roots of the Republican Party, of course, what you see is that the Republican Party repeatedly attempted to end things like Jim Crow. It was Dwight Eisenhower who was attempting to forcibly integrate the schools. It was Ulysses S. Grant 
who was attempting to push for radical Republican Reconstructionism, okay, the notion that the Republican Party simply switched overnight on civil rights (laughs) belies all evidence, right? The real change that happened here was not inside the Republican Party. The real change that happened here was inside the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party has become significantly less racist over time, but the Democratic Party becoming less racist over time does not imply that the Republican Party has become more racist over time. This is something I think we 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 don't talk about enough, right? We don't talk about enough is that it's it's interesting, right? Sure, the Democratic Party has become less racist, right? But you can't say oh because they became less racist the Republican Party has become racist. I mean, this is kind of a this is kind of a, a ridiculous notion, right? That's a ridiculous statement. And I'll be honest with you, and I've said this before, when we look at things like when we look at the, these neighborhoods, right, that that are, have the poor, impoverished individuals, right, white or black, okay, these Americans get less help, right? And what happens is the Democratic Party pushes welfare. And instead of pushing money into the neighborhoods to better the schooling, to, to create more jobs, to create more small businesses, to help the community clean up, what they do is they, they say, oh, we'll give you welfare, we'll give you more money, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. And what happens is, that those impoverished Americans, white or black or or Latino or Asian or whatever, what they do is they go, well, now we have to depend on the Democratic Party. So now, because the Democratic Party keeps on giving them more, they vote for that party because they think that that party is the party that's that's giving them. That's the party that's keeping them alive, right? Instead, you have the Republican Party who's saying, listen, we want to pump more money into your schools, right? We want to better the community by giving some sort of incentives for starting businesses, right? Because when you start a small business, when you create businesses in that community, what happens is those individuals that live in the community go, well, it's getting nicer. We want to make sure it stays clean, right? We want less crime. We want to make sure it stays clean. And those neighborhoods will essentially get better. They will, Okay, this is my theory and this is my opinion, but they will. But instead, what happens is the Democratic Party hijacks that community and says, we're going to take money from your schools, right? We're going to give you more welfare. This is what we're going to do. We're going to create a terrible area for you because the cops don't want to go there. Why? Because we 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 demonize police officers. So they're not going to go in your area because there's not enough to patrol. So there's going to be more crime. So you're going to depend on the Democrats. Well, what happens is you depend on them and then you need them. So you vote for them. When if you just changed just a little bit, if you just changed just a little bit and you voted a different way, right? You voted a different way. I think that you would be pleasantly supplied, pleasantly surprised, can't talk today, pleasantly surprised to see that the Republican Party actually does a lot. When you look at these red states, when you look at these red cities, they're doing pretty well. And I'm not talking about just white Americans or or Asian Americans. I'm talking about black Americans, right? They're doing pretty well in these red states, in these states that are red, in these cities that are ran by red. But when you look at the 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 areas that are that are that are the most impoverished, they're all ran by blue Democrats. Right. They're ran by by a Democrat, right? A blue city, a blue state. And that's what you see. That's what you see in these areas. So. So my question here is, is why? Right. Why are why are people still voting blue if blue's not doing anything for you? Right. If your car, if you have a car. 
right? And your car keeps on breaking down, right? Breaks down every day. So it, essentially the car is useless. It doesn't do anything for you because it continues to break down. Do you just continue to go every day and try to keep on starting the car even though it won't start? No, you try to fix it, right? You try to fix that car because that's what you do, right? That's what the Republican Party does. The Republican Party doesn't just sit back and keep on turning the key thinking that it's just going to miraculously start, but that's what the Democratic Party does. So the Democratic Party sees a problem, and what they do is they feed the problem. So they feed into the issue. So if it's a car that's not running, the Democratic Party says, well, that's fine. We'll take the battery out. Well, that's fine. We'll take the alternator out. We'll take the tires off. So then the car can't run, right? The car cannot move forward in its life, right? But the Republican Party doesn't do that. And we can see this clear statistics, right? We can see it in clear states that the Democratic Party takes the tires off of the car that the that these impoverished neighborhoods and impoverished Americans are using so that they can't get ahead, right? They take money from their school. They keep them in a zone, right, essentially. And that's the Democratic Party. And I don't know how people don't see it. I don't understand how people don't see it. It doesn't make sense to me, right? It doesn't. And I've said this before. It makes no sense to me how individuals don't see that the Democratic Party is is a terrible party. They're a horrible party. And I'm not talking about every Democrat, right? Because there's some Democrats that when they say things, I agree with them. And I'm like, oh, I kind of agree with that. But when it comes to the whole party in a, as a whole, it's a terrible party. And they are for these very super far left-wing agendas that are not good for America. Okay. Now, when we look at the Republicans... Republicans try to put new tires on the car. They try to put a new battery in the car, right? They try to clean things up so that the car will start so you can go to work, so you can better your life and better yourself, right? That's what Republicans do. Now, I'm talking about the Republican Party as a whole, not individual Republicans, because we all know that there's individual Republicans that are fake, like Mitt Romney. He's not a Republican. He is a Democrat. Okay. Now, I don't agree with some of the things that Democrat or uh, Republicans say. Sometimes Republicans say things and I go, I don't really agree with that. But the party as a whole is better than the Democratic Party. And you can see that. You can see that by looking at states that are ran by Republicans that are red states. You can see it. You can you can physically see it. You can look at stats. You can look at the, the crimes. You can see these things. So I just don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it. And it's like, you know, you could go on a rant every day about something the Democrats did. And, and I think that's what's hard. What's hard is when you look at Venezuela in the 1960s, they were doing pretty well, right? They still had their issues just like every other country, but they were doing good, right? And then you look at them now and they're terrible. You got people running after garbage trucks, trying to eat garbage out of the back of a truck, right? You have socialism, you have communism, right? You have a far left agenda in Venezuela, right? And in Cuba. That is what the Democrats are trying to push today. They're trying to push this far left agenda. And it's like, we don't need that in America. 
We don't need it here. We don't want it here. We don't want your far left agenda here. We don't want that. We don't want it here. Get out. Get away with it. We don't want it. Leave us alone. Let us live the way we were living because I personally think we were living pretty damn good. Okay. We were living pretty damn good. There was jobs. There was people who wanted to work. These were all things that were happening, right, under Donald Trump. Now, some people might not like him, but we can look at it and we can see it, right? There's less people that want to go to work now than there was under Donald Trump. Why is that? Because they're collecting eight, $900 a week on unemployment because they're scamming the system because the government said, sure, you can do it because that's a democratic agenda, right? You create a society that depends on the government and then the government controls you. That is what they're doing. And I don't know how people don't see it. I don't understand how people can't see that, but that's what they're trying to do. And I know you could say I sound crazy. You could say that I sound absolutely crazy, but the democratic agenda is to control you. It, that's what it is, right? You destroy the, the dollar, you destroy America, you create this one world government, which I totally and totally wholeheartedly believe is what they're trying to do. Okay. And then you create a, a, a dollar that works everywhere, right? Cryptocurrency. You can use it anywhere, right? This is the democratic agenda. This is the democratic agenda. A hundred percent, right? You, you create, you create unemployment, right? You have a ton of people getting unemployment that, to be honest with you, some of them are just scamming it. The government doesn't know because there's so many people because they created this 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 whole coronavirus, which, listen, the coronavirus is real. I'm not saying it's not real, but they created a, a huge scare tactic from the coronavirus, and you have people on unemployment. Now they can't live without unemployment. It's You don't have enough people to go to work, so there's restaurants that can't stay open all day because there's not enough people. It's absolute madness. It's absolute madness. It's crazy. But that's what it is. That's what it is, folks. That's what we talk that's what we're talking about right now, right? Right? We're talking about the switch, which I don't believe ever happened. We're talking about the agenda of the Democratic Party and it's absolutely crazy. I need you guys to wake up and open your eyes. I need you guys to wake up and open your eyes. So I appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you so much. I know this was a little bit of a quicker episode, but I always appreciate ranting and talking to you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will catch you guys on the next episode of Nate and Friends.